Hello. Happy Tuesday or Wednesday if you're in Down Under. Good morning here in Vancouver. Good evening in Europe. Good afternoon in New York, Toronto. It's great to jump on again. It's been a long time. Hey, Christina, what's up? Before I go on, I really want you to hear this. Can you hear me? I need a thumbs up from you just to make sure that the the sound works because I've had some audio troubles and I don't want to go 20 minutes, half an hour with this transmission and you miss out on sound. This is a very important conversation. Let me know if you can hear it. Hey, Jen, what's going on? I really want you to listen to this one. This is big. Hey, Diana. My wife is on the ferry going back home. Uh, can you hear me okay? Give me a thumbs up. And if you can hear me, then I'm going to continue because I'm talking to you about victimhood. I've been a very big um, advocate for dropping the victimhood label, label because I've noticed in my work with healing, with helping people heal from stress-related problems which show up in relationships again and again and again, I observe that the biggest, um, <clears throat> hey baby daddy, I observe that the biggest um, constraint that we have on healing is playing the victim. And you can't heal if you're stuck, something happened five years ago and it happened to you and in that moment it was a perpetrator of a victimhood and we've all been a victim, we've all been a perpetrator. We've all had things happen to us. It's actually part of life. Some things are, are hor horrific things that you've had to endure. Um, some things that trauma basically is an overstimulation of your nervous system beyond its capacity, which has you go into a kind of a shutdown mode in your nervous system. And we go through life with those events stuck in our bodies and we don't really fully heal from them. Uh, and they show up as illnesses and this is why as a healthcare provider, as a chiropractor, I'm talking about this. I usually get um, lambasted on social media, people throwing the hate and stuff around because especially with the psychotherapy and psychologists and stuff and MDs saying that I'm speaking out of line, that I'm talking out of context because I don't have the training, I don't have the expertise, I'm not qualified to talk about this, but in the world of helping people over the last 20 years who are dealing with stress-related disorders, going on my own spiritual journey, path of healing from my own past traumas, I really uh, observed something that I really uh, I saw as patterns. I saw that my patients were coming in and the ones that were stuck on a victim story were always held back in their healing but the ones that were able to turn that victimhood and take not blame for what happened please understand I'm gonna say this maybe three times so that it really lands because this is a very triggering subject especially to people who are living with trauma it's not your fault it's not the fault of the victim it let me say it again it's not the fault it's not your fault that your loved one was taken from you. It's not your fault that God, uh, you know, had uh, uh, somebody in your life 
die prematurely. Okay, it's not your fault that you were abused. It's not your fault that um, you were abandoned. It's not your fault that uh, your partner cheated on you. Okay, so this is the, the the stance of that victimhood, and I really wanted to give this information to you so that you know exactly what the missing piece is. So let me tell you, after I started showing my patients, doing these little workshops in my office called Life Skills for a Stressful World, showing them that they didn't have to identify with that victimhood anymore, that with some really amazing cognitive tools that I learned from my mentor, John Martini, you can find out how it benefited you. You can find out how it was a projection of yourself, the thing that you judge in the other person, like that person's entitled, that person is selfish, that they were just mirrors of how you were behaving. And if you were to just step out of your story for a minute and to own what you perceived as horrific in the other person and to see that you own that trait, it's called projection, it's a psychological term, that if you own what you see in the other person, you start to realize, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just a self, like wow, that person who's selfish, I'm selfish too, but in my own way. And when you drop the judgment of that other person and you find the benefits, all of a sudden, your victim story becomes a hero's journey. And now you have an amazing opportunity, right? So I lived this for a while and then I realized something very powerful in helping people deal with these um, stress-related issues was that the consideration I never made was that the victimhood still is in the body and you still feel that even though you cognitively are like, yes, yes, it served me, it was all on the way, yes, absolutely, it didn't change the fact that when I'm around that person, my body still reacted in that place of victimhood. So I could cognitively say, yeah, I'm over it, and I did the, you know, the retreat. I went to that retreat, and I wrote the, on piece of paper, the forgiveness letter, I forgive you. And then I threw it in the fire and then I burnt it and then I did the little chant and some whatever, you know, ec ecstatic dance, witchy stuff that you guys do when you go into those retreats and you want to burn that resentment and you do all of that. And you're like, I'm over it. Let it go. Let it go. You know, like you've let it go, right? But why is my body then still reacting like the victim? In other words, your victim story isn't just here, it's here. That's why you can go to a psych therapist each week and talk about your mother and talk about it from the place of I'm the you're I was the victim and you're watching the movie from outside and you're a spectator. But you haven't really healed. How do you know you've healed? when you no longer feel victimhood here? How do you know that you've healed? When you check in here and you think about the other person and you have empathy towards them. Now, to suggest that to certain psychotherapists, to suggest that to certain people in that field who, who under the guise of evidence-based is very, very triggering. Because what happens is when you're stuck in victimhood, in your body and you're cognitively there and you haven't really jumped into feeling 
and haven't done the deep work, the shadow work, and you've done it at a cognitive level with all the therapists and all that, you haven't yet healed from the victimhood because it's still in your body. So how do you do this? I want to answer that for you. How do you do this? Because if you don't do this, you will be stuck in that story claiming you've done the work because you've done 20 years of therapy. But when I talk to you and you get on a discovery call with me and the tone of your voice, the language you choose, even in your writing, I can feel you're still a victim. I can feel it. Victimhood is a felt sense. It's not just a thought. It's a felt sense. And it comes through in your voice. It comes through just if all I have to do is get into a room now felt it I've gone into the feeling sense and I've really gotten intuitive with my feelings which is what the real work is not the cognitive up here which is what most of us do we miss out the entire somatic experience of it and how can I tell here's how I can tell I'll get on a call with you and I'll say tell me about what it was like to be in your last relationship and then when you talk about your relationship your facial expressions will tell me the story your tone of voice will tell me the story your the words that you choose it was done to me made you you use the words made me feel that's a nonverbal okay well it's a verbal communication because you made me feel like you know he never apologized to me i'm still waiting for my apology you know those are indicators that the victimhood is still in the body and no amount of therapy is going to solve that but it can be solved with just a few minutes if you're willing to do what I perceive as the real work, the real work that I've been avoiding, the work that involves dropping into a felt sense experience of it and allowing yourself to actually join with the little boy or the little girl who felt that horrific grief and actually drop in and experience what it's like to have somebody go, oh my God, what you went through as a five-year-old with your mother or or your father no one should have had to have experienced <sighs> that must have been horrible for you you know what I mean and the thing is this is what we crave but the problem is we crave that with a therapist and if I don't do it for myself I'm gonna go to a therapist every week and the therapist will say oh my god that must have been so horrible and you're like yeah and you love that empathy from the therapist and what happens is you'll go back the next week and get it again you get another dose and finally you have someone to talk to who sees you and hears you which is great for the therapist and it great for you in the moment and it's fantastic for you great for the therapist but the problem is if you don't learn the inner child work and to drop into your body you're always going to be needing a friend or a therapist to do that part of the work for you that's why you're stuck that's why you'll go to counseling for years and say you've done the work but here's what the work is we did this last night Laura was sharing with us an experience where she was triggered recently because of a breakdown in her ex's her father-in-law is going through some challenges and because of that she was triggered from past abuse and losing her agency losing her voice losing her choice and, and 
because of the dynamic between them, there was abuse going on on all ends, and she was not feeling safe, not feeling seen, and no matter what she would say to her husband, her father-in-law, nobody was listening to her. So in the whole time, she's done counselors, therapists, one thing after another, and last night on the group call that we had in our group, she said, okay, so I just got triggered for the last 30 hours I've been in a state of alarm what do I do I don't want to play the victim but I've been feeling like this victim all along and then her question inspired this whole post because it was probably one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen was what she realized afterwards and I'm glad we got it on video and I'm, I'm gonna somehow create some sort of content with that that's a very big piece that's I believe is real epidemic and here's what the big piece was. She goes, I've been in victimhood. H how do I get out of this? And I told her, I said, you're going to do what you've never done before in any therapy. And you can. And here's the part. You don't need a therapist to do this for you. You do this on your own. That's why we heal in community. We do the work together. And I'm in the trenches with you. You know, I'm doing it with you, right? Because I, I have to do what I'm teaching. And I do it daily. You know, it's a it's a way of perceiving the world and acting, acting upon the world that actually empathizes with you first. What happened is we got her to drop in and actually feel. Here's what the answer was. You must feel the, the, the victimhood that you abandoned yourself from. In other words, she had to go back to her 25-year-old self that was abused and actually feel empathy for that individual this sounds simple but this here is the chasm between a healed individual and an unhealed individual who's saying that they're healed and done the work they haven't you haven't actually done the work until you've given your younger self permission to be the victim not bypassing it because this is a lot of the work that I was doing before was complete bypass. Oh, I'm not going to play the victim. Somebody just fucking stole $10,000 from my bank account. Oh, I do the work. I'm not a victim. That's a bypass. The first step is to actually drop in and feel how horrible that is and to be able to sit with yourself and go as though you had a friend that just experienced trauma. Right? Picture me sitting across watch this picture me sitting across from myself at a coffee shop I am my own best friend my best friend myself just told me that they just had ten thousand dollars stolen out of their pocket without them knowing here's what they're looking for holy crap Nima that must feel horrible it must feel so violating to have somebody just feel entitled to taking that money from you I see you it's horrible nobody should have to live like that I, I can't tell you when somebody tells you that when you sit across when you're living in the world feeling so misunderstood and somebody takes the time to do that for you you feel love for them because you feel understood you feel seen understanding equates to love Here's the problem. When we have a traumatic event, we dissociate from ourselves 
we try to get out of those feelings. We don't want to feel that anymore. So we avoid ourselves. And that's the first abandonment. The problem is we're looking for our abusers, the perpetrator, people that we have we feel have wronged us. We keep screaming and shouting and yelling and wanting them to see us when we haven't yet done it for ourselves. Last night she dropped in and then gave that to her 25-year-old self and dropped into the tears and the feelings of it and just cried the tears of the victim. That's different than, than being on the sidelines and saying what was done was wrong to me. What, what I'm looking, what I'm suggesting you do is stop pointing and go in and become that person who had that thing happen to you. That's what we do in our sessions. Now, sometimes these traumas, I don't suggest you go doing that. If, you, if it was a big trauma, you need to have somebody holding the container. You need to have a guide walking through, especially if you've been chronically dissociating. You've not used to doing the work. This is the, this is the next level of the work. The work is to feel the place of the victimhood. You need to be the victim first and cry and scream. That wasn't fucking fair. Like Nagina. This is a perfect example. I don't know if you're still here, but that's what we did with you. Nagina did all the cognitive tools, did all the Demartini work, did everything right to bypass her feelings. And when I noticed that, I was like, oh, I love working with Demartini people because we all have the same affliction. All of us Demartini people are dealing with the same fucking disorder, which is using the work to avoid feeling. <laughs> Why? Because our egos, which we can't see most of the time, are trying to protect our wounded child. So they're going to do everything, it, so the ego will do everything it can to protect the, 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 the little wounded child from feeling any pain. So what does it do? It blames, it distracts, it numbs, it accuses others, it defends. No, I'm not going to let that little fucker feel. What I'm telling you is you must drop in and allow yourself to do that. And it's the scariest thing you're going to do in the world. It's so much easier to point the finger. But what I'm suggesting is the next level of work. This is what we do in breath work. There was people, this inner child work that we do can, reconnecting to the younger self that we abandoned again and again and again daily daily and moment to moment when you get triggered so I get haters on my comments and I literally have to sit there and before I'd be like oh I'm been this is they're beneath me but that's a bypass what I do now is I go I hear hateful comments on on social media which is starting to happen a lot more that now that I'm getting a little bit more of a following and fuck man that hurts it hurts I love to be liked by everybody I want everyone to think I'm amazing. My ego, my inner child wants to be acknowledged and seen and really understood. And so when I'm misunderstood, it fucking hurts. It hurts right here. And what I do is now I feel the hurt. I'm like, oh, fuck, that hurts. That was, ouch. <sighs> and then I go back to my 15-year-old self that was bullied in school for being the brown kid in a white neighborhood. And I feel his pain too. And when I do, yesterday I had some tears over it because I was dealing with some hate. 
I, instead, my old version of me did the work, thought the work was to bypass that, to look past that and say, I'm beneath that, but what I'm doing is I'm abandoning myself. Now the work is to become trigger-proof. Not trigger-less, but to see the trigger and go, oh, fuck, ooh, that hurts. I'm not going to distract myself from it. I'm actually going to feel it, and I'm going to feel horrible for a little bit. I'm going to play the victim. I'm going to give myself that opportunity because my child wants that. My child wanted that from my parents, wanted that from outside people. And I've been wanting it from outside ever since. And it hasn't gotten me anywhere until I turned around and I just gave it to myself. Holy shit, Nima, it must be so difficult to be already 14 and wanting outside approval but having a different colored skin than everybody else and then being attacked for it and then being Iranian too during the 80s when all this friggin hate from the Iran-Iraq war and the whole you know clash between the USA and Iran and so here I am growing up I'm 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 seeing the only images of Iran that I see on TV growing up in Canada are all burning American flags and a bunch of freaking Muslim fundamentalists that are that are hating on America and, and this is how these are my people I'm eight and I'm confused and I'm like oh my god and then I'm ashamed so ashamed that I changed my name from Nima to Nick because I didn't want people to know that I was Iranian because I was so ashamed of myself. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. How I heal that is by going back and going, that must have been difficult for you to watch those images on television of your country. And then having people call you all these horrible names and racist names in a very white neighborhood. That must be really difficult. Fuck, that's hard. And I got to play the victim first. And after I've let that go through my body, that the emotions go through my body, then on the other side, I can then go, but you know what? those those people that hated on you you're going to be helping them soon so i know you hate the whitey right now but you're going to be helping the whitey <laughs> you're going to be hate you hate the whitey now for what they're doing to you but you're going to help those white folks they're going to be your clients you're actually going to move to a small town outside of british columbia you're going to set up shop 
as a chiropractor and you are going to help these white people and you're going to really make a difference in their lives and, and you're going to heal that and you're not going to see yourself as separate anymore and right now the struggle that you're going through the hate that you're going through it's going to get you very well prepared for a career in chiropractic where you're going to be getting a lot more hate and a lot more misunderstanding and especially when you leave chiropractic and you start speaking truth about what healing is is where it's coming from and then you're getting all these haters and people who get triggered by what you're saying and take offense and start attacking you guess what you're in training young man and I see you see what I just did there I went from victim and gave myself permission to feel all of that all the way to Victor but not by bypassing my victimhood. No, you must actually feel it. And that is the chasm. That's the chasm. I remember John Martini saying, if you have a death in the family, shouldn't be, you should clear it. 45, we gotta clear it, clear it, clear the emotion. There's no reason to have emotional baggage. You should clear it. As though we should be balanced all the time. In other words, we can't have a three-dimensional human experience. We actually, I believe grief is meant to be sat and experienced and felt fully. And when you do, the, the grief and the pain opens up a crack, opens up something which allows a lot of love to come in. It's a, it's a beautiful thing and it's painful. And, and the movie Inside Out is a great indicator. If you ever watch that, the girl who had depression, who's the heroine of the movie, the hero of the movie, she really got complete and got over addiction when she was able to actually sit in, she was actually able to sit in her sadness and really embrace that. And that's when her life started to change. And I tell you this all the time, this is not, this work is not about feeling better and numbing yourself from feeling. This is about getting better at feeling. And so that's really what I wanted to share with you because we're very crit I used to be very critical of victims uh, until I realized that it's a necessary stage in your development. Once something happens that there's a perpetrator, there's a victim, and we've all been both, we've all played both. There's not just one label or other. We're wiser to see ourselves in everyone and everything. That's how we actually grow. That's how we heal is to be able to see ourselves in everyone and everything rather than separate from one another. And so the first step is to feel the victimhood. It shouldn't have happened. Nobody should, nobody should treat you that way. I sh and nobody should hit me. However, in a world where this is happening all the time, it's wiser to feel the feelings, then get on the other side, and then be able to, to your younger self and be your advocate, but not by bypassing that important step. And the biggest obstacle to that will be my ego that wants to protect my inner child from any pain but will deflect and numb and sedate and and deflect and that's a conditioning of self-abandonment and you can turn that around and your life depends on it your life the quality of your life of your relationships completely depend on it so if you really if you've just jumped in, if you jumped into the program or or into this group um i have training on becoming trigger proof send me a right in the comments right now I want the training if you haven't seen it already I'm offering 
getting it free with a promo code. No, uh, it just gives you the stages, the steps you need to through that kind of expand on what I'm just talking about. Regulating your nervous system, bring your past grievances, learning to dance with that ego shadow self that's protecting your wounded inner child, learning how to be empathic, empathy towards your inner child and towards others. Empathy is the healer. And then the, the most important part, immunity and mentorship. Uh, the guide, you need a guide on the side. Not, not a hero, you need a guide. And so that's where the training is. Please let me know if you'd love to, to see that. We have a couple of events coming up to help you really master this technique that I've come up with, uh, which is an integration of everything I've ever learned uh, that from the top-down, cognitive-based, body-based as well, bottom-up. And, and uh, it's, it's about healing. It's about dropping your victimhood by first allowing the victimhood to to move through your body. It's a very necessary step. When you do, uh, you actually heal. And I can always probably tell the ones who've done the work and who haven't. It's by their receptiveness to being triggered. So hopefully that was valuable. You just make me laugh. This is mind blown. I bypassing when I've done EFT, hypnosis, etc. Absolutely. And I'm really grateful to be guiding you into this. Uh, this is the one piece, and our conversation inspired that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for um, what, what you're bringing to this community. Um, I'm grateful for having this conversation, being able to have this conversation with you, to a community where you all can feel seen and heard. If you have any questions, let me know. I'd love to make a training for you. The content that I come up with comes through uh, the, the consults that I do with our clients, what comes up, shows up in our group in our programs and the questions that you DM me uh, and, the, and the arguments and conflicts that I have <laughs> that have me going inside and kind of doing some work and thing out, um, you know, bringing the truth to it. And the whole point of the book is how quickly can you go from trigger to truth? How quickly can you go from trigger to flow without rushing or bypassing your feelings? That's the key. Without going, yeah, yeah I'm fine. I'm over it. <clears throat> Yeah, I feel rejected, but I'm okay. That's bypassing. That is most healing modalities. And I realized you can't heal. You have to heal by feeling it. You have to heal. I want you to write this down. This is an important thing. Is is that I have it written down. Yes, here, here, here's the big part. We can't talk our way out of our triggers and trauma. We must feel our way out. Let me say that again. I'm going to leave this. We can't talk our way out of triggers and trauma. We must learn how to feel our way out. I've dedicated my life to teaching this very simple concept, yet it's like takes so long to master, is expanding space between stimulus and response. Your ability to do that probably the most important skill you've never learned as a human being. I never did, but it was fucking impacting every area of my life and choosing who consciously who I was, you know, dating, you know, how I was how I was showing up was because I didn't know how to expand that space. I was mad. I was amazing. I was Demartini's like top student being able to take your past stuff and ask questions and change your story. But what about in the moment of trauma? What about in the moment of a trigger? Boom. All of my prefrontal cortex, all of my executive cognitive centers, 
big offline and I'm now a fucking 13-year-old or a 5-year-old acting out. What then? What's the tools that I have because I was showing up that way? So when I finally did, I got the holy grail of human existence. And it's not like millions of dollars and beachfront property and all that. All of those things I'm sure are amazing. It's creating a secure attachment in your life with romantic partnerships, with friendships, where you actually feel safe. You feel love. And you feel self-love. That's not just a theme that you put on Facebook and most self-love is taught cognitively. Love must be felt. Love is a feeling that must be felt here. And to be able to feel that for yourself is the end of all personal development. It is the holy grail. It is the and finish line and yet it's a practice that we must encounter day so it's a finish line that never finishes and that's why we're here on this beautiful planet right here for a brief period of time I don't know how many days you have left count 99 minus your age let's say you live to be 99 your age times that by 65 365 and that's how you have left and what what um the quality of those days is how deeply you can feel love. How deeply you're able to give and receive love. How deeply people can feel your heart when you're into their eyes. If you're even able to look somebody in the eyes. If you're able to have a voice that, 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 that can speak authentically what's inside you. I mean, that's... If you don't have that, then, have, then life's not worth living. And I'm here to help guide you up that over the next year or two, whatever it takes for you to feel closer in your relationships. And that's something I've dedicated to in my life. I know that I have that now, and I know that it's a work in progress. And I'm so committed to the climb because I want to create a community of people that have learned how to create safety in their own bodies so they can grow up, so that they can grow up emotionally and then become leaders to people who are completely disconnected from themselves and learn these methodologies and tools we can then change the world. We can make health become humble rather than fear. See you at the next perfect.